Oh, God, I have something to tell you very quickly before we start the episode. Oh, okay. Um, guess what we watched today? Future Shock, the story of 2008, the, the documentary about oh, 2008. Oh, right. That's it's on... on Amazon Prime in the US. Right. Yeah, I heard that and I haven't watched it because uh, I don't have Prime. How is it? It's, it's very fun. Oh, it's good. very fun. Especially because you, uh, first of all, you get to see all the creators, which is honestly kind of silly mm-hmm. that it's it's so exciting isn't the right word but there's this thing where you're like oh that's what so-and-so looks like oh that's what so-and-so looks like right uh, but also you get to see pat mills in all the pat millsian glory oh well see uh, that's you, worth you, it alone I think. you may or may not know i think you do know that like there is an official version of the 2008 history that people agree on and then there's pat mills version <laughs> which is like the official version except pat mills gets a lot more credit for being right all the time yes it? absolutely and this is a pat millsian version of history mm, mm. it's the point where like they go through the history and it ends with people being with uh the owner of, of rebellion going yeah i mean you've really got to give it to pat mills for like just just being the visionary to see this through <laughs> Like, that's the end of the film. Wow. And it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably um, the easiest way to avoid getting sued by Pat Mills, I guess. Well, that's just it. Like, at, at one point, you get David Bishop and Andy Diggle both talking about the fact that they piss Pat Mills off and being like, oh, yeah, no, like, if you piss Pat Mills off, you know about it. Yeah. Which is is kind of great. I mean, you don't have Amazon Prime, but for for the listeners who do, because I'll stick this in the in the pre credit bit, um, it's great. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I I genuinely recommend it. It's a, it's a fun like hour and a half. Welcome, citizen, to episode 14 of Drock, a monthly read-through that uh, we do of Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files. Um, Let's introduce ourselves. I am the more than slightly addled uh, host, Jeff Lester, and with me is the font of knowledge and enthusiasm and wisdom that is... Graham McMillan. Hi, I'm also adult. Can we just get that out of the way? Um, we're recording this at the end of like week one of of Quarantinesville, mm-hmm. and both Jeff and I are feeling slightly out of sorts. Mm-hmm. And so, A, sorry. B, chances are everyone listening to this is in exactly the same boat. That's so true. we're there with you. Right. We share your pain. That's right. Yes, indeed. We are coming to you from the corner of Kenny Rogers' block to discuss Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, 13. What progs and what years do those cover, Graham? Okay, so these are the comics from 1989 through 1990. It's progs 619 through 661. Wow. It's it's a bunch of comics, but I will say this also. We're covering other comics as well, because we're also going to cover The Dead Man. That's right. uh, Which ran from progs 650 to 662. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we're doing a chunk of dread. So the case files obviously collects the Judge Dread strip from 2080. Mm-hmm. Dead collects the Dead Man strip from 2080. Yes, Dead Man ends up being a dread story for reasons that we'll get into if you don't know. But here's the thing: Dead Man is the interesting stuff because Case Files 13 is not that great. Yeah. There is there is a lot of there's a lot of dross here. There's a lot of 
running on fumes and vapors and and I think that maybe if you had told me that Wagner and Grant had continued to collaborate even with the writing credits being solo in the previous volumes I think I would have been more inclined to believe you because here I feel both Wagner and Grant are um not only does the schism between the two sort of seem to grow in this volume both of them seem set by something a lot like the doldrums. Um, I, very strange, isn't it? Yeah, very, very much so. Like, in a way, considering they split, you know, prior, you would think that that would not, that they would be getting over the, the lag of their, you know, working apart, but it almost feels the opposite. These stories are, a lot of them feel literally like half stories stories yeah. where there there will be just a punchline but not enough of a setup or there's a setup and punchline but absolutely no attempts to get anything else in there there's times where it feels like they are riffing off of each other's ideas for stories and early story titles yes absolutely and and those those stories, neither of them feel as strong as you sense they would have been if they had been working together. You know, it's a very strange thing. I, in in my uh, completely biased nature, I want to say that I think the weakest stories here come from Alan Grant. Yes, it's worth saying that this is also Alan Grant's final contributions to Dread as a main strip. Mm. Mm. Um, both this Grant will continue to write Dread. He'll do it in the magazine, but the Dread strip in two thousand eighty. He maybe comes back a few times, mm -hmm. but as like you know, one of the primary writers, this is his last Zaza. Mm -hmm. And there, there is a lot of Grant in this. In there is this volume of Case yeah. Files. Yeah. I, I feel like it's actually predominantly Grant. Um, yeah, you get it definitely in the first half. The yes, first half, first half is Grant. What's What's interesting is is unlike the previous volume where there was sort of a Wagner Grant, Wagner Grant, and then maybe you'd have Wagner writing, you know, a three part Prague, and then you'd get Grant for one or two, and then it'd be back. Like you'll have four or five by Grant and then follow that up with like three or four by um, Wagner. And and I do feel like for people who want to at least spend a certain amount of time speculating on what each brings to Dread or might have brought to Dread in the course of their collaboration, it's possible that 13 is... is um, to damn it with more than faint praise of interest to the academics, you know, uh, it, it, I, the number of times where I was struck with, Oh, that feels like half of a judge dread story. Like it just happened more and more often, which is, which really is points to when they were a partnership and working together perhaps how they were able to create such incredibly durable stories week after week, because each would sort of bring something to the table that, that was needed. I think, I think after this volume, it's very tempting to say that, that the way dread works best changes. Um, but I think that this volume is 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 palpable 
for being the volume that reads the most like I kind of would have expected Judge Dredd to read back when I wasn't reading Judge Dredd and part of why, if you see what I'm saying. Sure. No, I I, I completely understand that. There, there's a reliance in so much of the weaker stories here, mm-hmm. and which is honestly the majority of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you, you and I were talking before we properly start the episode that, that it's a very uneven – like there's moment, like there's a good strip or there's a good story, yeah. And then like you're you're just met with like some dross, mm-hmm. but then you know you have this thing. And you're like, oh, that great. And then it's like, Meh. like it it's it start stop and start very much. Yeah. Um, but the majority of the weaker strips are, you know, I I hesitate to say comedy strips because they are like you said, like it's a punchline in search of a story mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. setup that doesn't really go anywhere or. It's like there's a whole run where it's it's you know here's a comedy title, right? And there's nothing there beyond the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to the point where there, there's like five stories midway through where you can tell the title was the was the entire thing of the story. Yes, like you get Dead Juve's Curve followed by The Wind Cried, followed mm-hmm. by Kirby's Demon, followed by Curse of the Spider Man, followed by The Amazing Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's nothing to any of those series. I mean, Dead Juve's Curve is literally Dead Man's Curve. Mm-hmm. Like, the lyrics of that with basically Judge Dredd in between being like, yeah, and this happened. Well, and for the most part, again, how do I put it? I think that part of what really stands out here is although it it is unfair to... It's actually not unfair. It's literally inaccurate to say, oh, Grant does this and Wagner does this because they have a lot of shared ticks. But I do I was interested in the way that Grant will come up with a little bit of a formalistic spin, like kind of a, oh, here I am thinking outside the box for a Judge Dredd story. But the actual story within the within his little bit of formal experimentation is bog standard or not even you know like the very first story locking up the house the cube mix kind of had me being like oh maybe there's going to be something to this where literally grant takes the captions the narrative captions and more or less threatens to remix them like it's it's literal more than than scratching with the captions you know with like meanwhile meanwhile i was like oh holy shit this is going to be great spoilers it's not in fact it ends up not even being good because it's kind of like oh here's the setup of like what happens when you have a block party that is literally an entire you know, block, city block. What do you, what, how are, sort of, how are the judges going to be able to break this up? And the answer seems to be in the most unimaginative way possible. And it's even posed, uh, even the story itself is kind of like, eh. By contrast, that's immediately followed by uh, a Wagner story, Breakdown on Ninth Street, which doesn't, probably need to be two progs like it's a it's yeah it's it's a cute story mm-hmm. but it's not two issues of a cute story right right and so and even... there are cute ideas in there like you know oh, yeah. i like the idea of i like the idea of first of all 
a an area that they, this rich couple breaks down in right. that is even so dangerous that they can't get the rescue out. Yes. You know, yeah. They're just like, oh, you're there. Well, maybe you should call the police. Right. Right. You know, it is a, is a funny idea and fits very much in the dystopian, like, Mega City oneness of it all. Yes. Yeah. No. And ultimately, and I think this is, this, this may say a lot about me, but ultimately, given my druthers, I prefer Wagner taking a thin idea and sort of dragging it out a bit too long because usually what he chooses to drag it out a bit too long with would be storytelling elements or complications or, you know, there's, there's a whole page where essentially the couple have broken down, but they're, they basically are in the rich person's equivalent sort of of a moped. Like their, their car is so great. It's got a living room and bathroom and, and essentially it's a home invasion story that is also a car broken down on the side of the road story the sequence where the two of them are hiding in the bathroom and the shower begins to fill up and they threaten to drown is, I mean, it's at least exciting, you know, and the, yeah, and the also, art's pretty to look it's at. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's almost, it. Like, mm-hmm. there, there, is, there is stuff there, whereas I think you're right. I think Grant, like, may have the higher concepts, mm-hmm. but doesn't really do anything with them. No, he's just kind of like, here's my, here's my higher concept, crank it out, give me my check is what it feels like the other thing that's happening in this book is i feel that um in the last volume wagner had a very clear idea about where he wants to take dread mm-hmm. you know there's more about like dread's getting old and also the dread is getting reflective and and that gets followed up in in this volume in i think the more interesting stories in it yes but uh but grant just wasn't on that page at all in the last volume oh yeah and here you see him for want of a better way of putting it, try to catch up and to a greater and lesser extents. Well, I think it's interesting because I wonder the extent to which he is trying to catch up is, is a semi editorial mandate, which doesn't, which he does with, which he doesn't entirely agree unsurprisingly, because on the one hand, I, I absolutely agree with you. There's several stories that are grant penned, where dread or people around dread are like, Oh, he's getting old. He's slipping up. He's just, this is his, you know, he was a good judge, but he was starting to lose it, which very much lines up with what Wagner wants to do. But there's also a story that is entirely about, um, you know, gaslighting all of mega city one so that they can kidnap and lobotomize right which which feels so at odds with it's, everything else in the book it ultimately from from where it ends up going uh at, at the very conclusion and in through pat past into this is one of those rare exceptions listeners where i actually have read a little bit of the next um case files because the flow between the end of this volume to Dead Man and back into Dread kind of makes it impossible to stop reading. But all of which is to say, it may not be immediately apparent if you just read this volume and even this volume and Dead Man, but the what Grant puts together there is literally a story that has to be, that makes no sense in the emotional arc that that Wagner is putting dread through. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and and to the point where like it feels it, like just utterly wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like so much of it, it, it oh, that's not true. It feels utterly wrong where it ends, where it lands. Yeah, exactly. Because everything. Yeah. So the short version is the there's a, a pro democracy uh, event and. It's interrupted by essentially a terrorist attack that kidnaps leaders of the pro-democracy giant. And ha it turns out it's the judges trying to kidnap her. Right. Um, where it goes wrong from there, because all of that I can buy, where yes. it goes wrong from there is Dredd basically then tortures the leader of the pro-democracy movement. Yes. And it's like, democracy, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Wah, 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 wah. And that arguably works if it comes immediately after the democracy march storyline of a few years ago. Absolutely. It does not work with where Dread is now. But, like, even Grant should know that. Because earlier in the volume, you get the John Cassavetes is dead story. Yes. Where Dread is reflective and essentially saying, like, why do we do this? You know, know. yes. Although that was, I thought John Cassavetes is dead is another one of those stories that I admired a lot for what Grant was, what how Grant was trying to put things forward, I suppose, but in part maybe because it does end in like five pages or six pages, it it also kind of didn't land. Like I was like, oh yeah. No, I, I agree. You know? I agree that it doesn't land, but I mm-hmm. think it's the more successful of Grant trying to write in quote unquote Wagner's plan. Sure. I agree. I, I, I agree in that. And yeah, like I said, there's kind of that sense of like, oh, here's, here's dread questioning. And what I thought was interesting is that it, how do I put it? Like, I don't know, you know, honestly, if I were going to read too much in, into it, which let's face it, Graham, that's why you pay me the big I was gonna, bucks. I was say, like, that's why we're here. Jim. Yeah, exactly. Is I would say that John, John Cassavetes is dead. Cassavetes, you know, an incredibly important filmmaker, charismatic performer, but known for basically being the father of indie cinema in a way, uh, particularly the idea of doing the, the part that I don't think that Grant would necessarily respond to is like, oh, he does stories about men and women and relationships and people who are kind of... Um, struggling to hold on to who they are in the midst of the circumstances they find themselves in. But more to the point, um, Cassavetes gave it, worked with his actors and had a very uh, improvisational approach to building the movies. And I sort of think that Grant is in that story bemoaning the death of himself as the Cassavetes the improviser um, because he is now being forced to work within the editorial mandates. It's probably untrue, probably not there, but I definitely was surprised by, it could just be he was a huge Cassavetes fan, but I was, I was impressed by how self-indulgent it was for a character, for a, story character that we've read for 13 years that is filled with an a hyper abundance of pop culture references and in jokes and never really descends into the level of 
you know, like when when Wagner's like Dred's getting old, it's very much like he's old, you know, he feels that he's old and this shit is hard. You know, Grant, uh, Grant kind of goes to this level of I'm going to rip off a chapter of Fahrenheit 451 and talk about how awesome John Cassavetes is, but n- not really give you a lot of detail apart from you know talking about Johnny Staccato which is not necessarily where I think Cassavetes necessarily wanted to be remembered for not that that's super important in fact there was another listing there's two listings in, on that last page um, and I remembered thinking oh right 40 minutes ghost train like I was like Maybe this ghost train episode is supposed to be important. I no, I, I I think you might be reading infinitely far too much. In oh, there. absolutely. I, 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 I yeah, yeah. it's literally just calling Neil like yeah. starting in a page of the Guardian that yes. was published on the, on the day he was doing the art. Right, right. Oh, that makes sense, of course, because it's from the entertainment section. But I literally was. I'm like, wait, why do we have to? Uh, anyway, so so yeah, I just feel like there is. There is a sense through most of this that these guys are kind of like, sort of like Dread, kind of feeling old and kind of wondering what the whole point is. And then I sort of feel like Wagner at least comes up with a, a way to channel that, that I think that I, I obviously think has I, been building for for a while. Yeah, but but you I know. think Wagner does interesting things with it. Like, yes. I know you and I both love the episode where dreads in the bath yes exactly because it's it's it is one of those things where uh it's a very simple idea like mm-hmm. it's a very straightforward idea yeah someone tries to break into judge dreads apartment while he's having a bath yes that's it mm-hmm. but wagner really does layer a lot of shit in there yes like there's an entire page which is the dread is meditating on being old mm-hmm. page mm-hmm. which is great because it's not feeling sorry for himself at all no. It is, like you said, like, I'm getting old, but I can still do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, so what? I'm getting old. But right. this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. So I'm just, like, it might be harder, but I'll still do it. Mm-hmm. But you also get, Dread calls it in right. to control. That his barb's getting broken in. And, like, they're utterly dismissive. Right. <laughs> they're like, old man's getting lazy. <laughs> well, but, and I think this is one of the things that I think is wonderful about the story i mean apart from i think the art's exquisite i think jim bakey does amazing art for that story yes and and i think it is worth mentioning this you know talking about wagner like it's judge dread in the bath versus a couple of crooks and it's and it's a it's a single story but it's eight pages like and that is it's the perfect length for it, but it does yes. get the sense it's that Wagner, exactly right. yeah, he he knows how much space he needs to get everything in, and where he's going with it needs that extra time to make all the pieces. Whereas you get the sense again, even if Grant had been putting this sort of thing together, he probably would have jammed it together in a fast five, maybe six. You know what I mean? Like this story needed the space in it to breathe, even though. Half of it is a story about, you know, comical Something robbers else. practically yes. right out of a Disney movie with the, the patented uh, Wagner Grant semi-offensive racist, you know, ethnic stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But 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 again, like it's it needs the balance of like of what it's like. It's a slapstick story. Right. Like they break in 
And Dredd's basically there in the bath, like, going, get out of my apartment. They're like, oh, shit, it's Judge yes. Dredd's apartment. Yeah. Um, but you have this the balance of that and this, like like I said, this one-page meditation on, I'm getting old, but I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Right. Right. You know, which which doesn't really belong, but because it's there, elevates the episode so much. Absolutely. Well, as you pointed out, Dread calls it in and they're like, oh, you know, fuck that. They don't call anyone. But I think as as is pointed out in various other points of it through through this volume in the previous volume, in the previous day, like Dread would have been more than raring to get out and show these guys what's for. You know? Yeah, exactly. He would have been excited. Exactly. The fact that he is weary and just wants to finish his bath is such a is such a telling comment about who Wagner has had, you know, conceives of who Dread is at this point in time. And that's super, super effective. I mean, it, it's really, you know, it, all of it, like, I really had that thing of, like, isn't there a thing where, like, Clint Eastwood's in the bath and holds a gun on somebody? And one I, of his see, maybe, maybe there westerns? is, because I, yeah. I thought that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel this is totally ripping something off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I'm like, uh... so, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it meshes a bunch of different things, but then does it perfectly and so it does really well yeah yeah, i so it's you know definitely one of the highlights one of the few highlights in this volume and yeah i think there's i actually i'm maybe more forgiving than you then because i think there's a bunch of highlights Uh, i know you love the um banana city story uh yes yeah yeah. as well which is a follow-up to uh was it crazy moan little barry yes exactly from the previous volume uh with i mean Mm -hmm. will simpson's art in this story if nothing else yeah it's great i love the will simpson art from banana city Mm -hmm. but i also just like how quickly wagner ties it up if that makes sense yes yeah no like three episodes and he's done right I, i mean what's weird is it almost seems a little too quick in some ways but it all works out well and and part of what's interesting is is that frankly it could be boiled down to two parts if it wasn't for the fact of you know when we when we last see um crazy larry and dirty mo or whatever they have barry has made the run to us get out of the country and has succeeded and so in this part, it, they come, you know, Dredd and Hershey come down to the pretty crooked Banana City mega city, where uh, Barry has more or less used the, the money that he had made away with to buy his way back into being a judge for uh, and Dredd is down to finally take take him out to collect him. But while they're down there, they have to deal with the utterly corrupt judges of Banana City. And again, it's one of those things where part of what makes the stereotypes kind of more palatable is that Hershey in having a showdown with the corrupt judges, the judges are like, you guys are not really any better than us. Your are your citizens any happier than ours? And 
Hershey is like the story makes it a point that although Hershey takes the high ground, the story doesn't really give it to her. Similarly, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I quite enjoy is unlike the previous installment with Barry, um, Simpson's art is beautiful, but even though he gives Barry a completely different judge's outfit, it still can be deeply confusing to tell him apart from Dread at various points. And that's really, to me, quite effective. Like, at first I was like, wait, why did we cut from Judd? Why is Dread now on this motorcycle and now he's shooting people oh wait it's not him okay now admittedly definitely um this of all the weeks to uh i can probably get a pass for not reading carefully this one this week is probably you know i've got the excuse that most people will be like yo oh yeah absolutely who who can pay (laughs) attention to what you're really reading these days but i i did like the fact that the eve it's Three parts that could have been two, but the two would have lost something, which is... Yes, it, it, I, I, think there's, I think there's a lot in those three parts. I think it's a yeah. really packed three parts. Yes. There are ways where you could have shortened it. Yeah. Like the, the taking dreads to his apartment as a trap part, mm-hmm. you didn't really need, right? Mm-hmm. But I like, I nonetheless like that sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the fact that he tries out with Dredd and Dredd's on top of it, but maybe he's not. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's right. something about that. I love, you know, getting back to the Dredd getting old thing. I love that that's where Barry goes. Mm-hmm. Like repeatedly. Barry's yeah. just like, you were good, but you're old. Yes. Are the past and the future. Yeah. Just get fucking used to it. Right. Like right. it's it's really nice to have someone just say that outright. Yes. You know, and also for that matter, um, Dredd at the very end. Mm-hmm kills barry and is then like you weren't a bad judge yeah like mo on the other hand sure right but you weren't a bad judge there's something great about that getting back to your point of you know are these judges in this place really much worse yeah there's something but again you even have barry in the first chapter of this story say that he's different from all the other judges he only takes out the lawbreakers Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know which is a really nice line Mm mm-hmm because it's uh you know but yeah but you're deciding who that is dude <laughs> yes and you're crazy and you know it so yeah, yeah no there there is a lot of there's a lot that works there and of course part of what i like about the whole the setup is the finale does show it, it dramatizes exactly what it's supposed to barry is faster stronger younger than dread but dread has the wisdom, the battle experience to be able to turn the tables on him, you know, by taking the situation into effect. It it ends up being like, oh yeah, that you know, it's funny how much uh reading this case files for me is like turning the 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 spinning the wheel on a safe, you know, where it's like when the tumblers click into place, you can you know, you can all but hear it. You can feel that satisfying like Ah, and there's just a lot of these that start well or seem okay, and then they just don't. Like, the story after John Cassavetes is dead is 10 million is a dangerous age, Cynthia, which is the the moped that hasn't stopped in more than a decade. And it's, it's, you know, the 
The pun is the family who's been forced to drive it for over a decade because there's been no housing are the the Wilburys. So they're the the traveling Wilburys, and they are are being granted a once they roll over the ten millionth kilometer, they're going to have a permanent lease on a luxury apartment in Don Trump Tower, and then. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, this is going to turn out, this is going to be really good. And it really is not like, it's, it's like, it's the, it's, the setup is great. Mm-hmm. And the execution is like you said, is not. Yes. It's, it's really, uh, it's really disappointing. And also it's again, like it, there's no gravity to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, let's get back to the fact that it's an Alan Grant story, and it basically typifies our problem with Alan Grant. Right. The idea is the idea is there, mm-hmm. and there's something hollow in the execution. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And whereas there's a, I think it's I think it's a Wagner story that I'm looking for about the guy whose uh, genius son hooks him up with the um the the life oh, fronts. Yeah the the hot hot underpants. And and that ends up going and causing this like horrific um, pile up and disaster, and all these people are dead. And yeah, it's it's the little U front disaster. Yeah, the little U front disaster. It's arguably the same story in a way, you know. But it, I I prefer it tremendously, you know. For more no- happens and. Mm-hmm. It's somehow nicer. I say that even though, like the 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 story immediately playing, like following Playday is a Wagner mm-hmm. as well, and it's like one of the weirdly like the most misanthropic things in the world. Oh, it feels like. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that story in itself is uh, uh, impressively like the nadir, right? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, we're like really, it's it's a misfire on, on every single level. But mm-hmm. no, the U front, like you said, the U front disaster is is somehow more enjoyable even though it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think so too and again it's kind of a weird like it's 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 little more than the you know the opening of superman 3 in many ways but you know but that's i don't know yeah it's weird it just there's just a little more put into it and there's little bits and pieces that even though they're just throwaway references um, you know, the, 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 the thing when, when dreads like, okay, better check out the kid. He may have set this up deliberately. And the other judge is like, come on, dread. He's only four. And what's great about that is dread is like, on the one hand, it makes him seem like a loon to everyone else. It fits into the kind of story. Like if you had if you were reading a Judge Dredd story without a lot of context, it seems like this is how sort of um, how law and order he is. But of course, because it follows on the heels of the PJ, maybe right, exactly. Conclusion, he doesn't seem that nuts at all. <laughs> no, exactly. It was kind of this weird thing of like, so there are bits and pieces here where I think, and this this comes back in, you know where where Wagner really his his ability to to play the long game um pays off in he's a, he's aware that it's a tool in the toolbox I guess he's not 
a slave to continuity, but he's aware that being able to do something like that, you know, it, it was interesting how the previous volume had a lot of setup that didn't necessarily get paid off. And this volume, um, you know, when it's the the Bride of Stan Lee or whatever the Electra ripoff is, it's just like, I'm just really like, guys, come on, no. You know, like, I yeah, was... it's funny. My note for that is, was this ever followed up on? But also, even just that, like, we've done Stanley and we've done the sequel with Stanley, and the idea that Alan Grant's like, I should continue this, right? This right. sister, it, who thought that was a good idea, right? Oh, it's it's horrible. I assumed that Barry <laughs> Kitson thought it was a good idea, and and they were like, sure, yeah, we'll do it, you know. But uh, uh, uh. I mean even in a weird in the weird meta way that sort of Stanley slash death fist was a kind of piss up slash pastiche of, of Marvel's martial arts comics of the seventies, like the Shang-Chi book and, and iron fist. It sort of, I can see them being like, Oh, okay. But you know, Electra is big and it's an evolution in it. And there's also the, you know, Electra assassin way to do it, you know, and then they kind of got to the end and they're like, yeah, this is really dumb. But I mean, like that also is one where it was like, wow, some of the other to be continued someday stories look like, you know, uh, the apocalypse war by comparison, because it's just. There's just there the parts where there where the gruel is meager, it is so meager. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. The on meeting your enemy, the art's still pretty lovely. The the coloring's lovely on it and stuff. But it's but it's also like, man, like you know, kind of. I was very much like this is the first five pages of the Iron Fist comic that you were making fun of, you know, several years back, and I don't think it's. Whether it gets followed up on or not, I can say safely, I don't care. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, no interest in it. But despite that, you know, so you mentioned the, uh, Wagner doing the long game, and you also went, mentioned PJ Maybe. And I love the PJ Maybe story in this. I, um, really? Because I, I, I actually, felt, I did not. I did not. You didn't like, but you haven't really liked PJ Maybe at all. I think. I feel, like, I feel like PJ Maybe continually leaves you cold. Yeah. And there's something. There's something I just I like him as a character a bunch, mm-hmm. and I like that in the middle of you know because PJ maybe was introduced as this like you know he's killed someone but he'll be back and then you see him again like he kills more people then he kills more people and he's getting away with it right and I like that the next time you see him he's basically been caught mm-hmm. you know it's a nice swerve mm-hmm. and I I like that he basically goes through and confesses all his sins mm-hmm. and that ends with him essentially in an asylum mm-hmm. and going, yeah, you know, they think they're going to cure me, but I don't think they are. And again, this is where like my future knowledge comes in. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't, and he goes on to do what he does. Mm-hmm. is great. Right. But they're, they're, it's full of swerves. Mm-hmm. And also I got to say, there's bits of that art by Liam Sharp that I love. Oh yeah. No, the, the Liam Sharp art yeah. in that, that three parter is just lovely. No, no, the, the art's lovely. The storytelling is, is is basically fine. I, you know, I sort of, I should, I should appreciate the fact that, that, you know, it could just be that I saw the movie Lord Love a Duck when I was in high school. And I'm just kind of like, 
ever since then, I'm like, yeah, teenage psychopaths. What are you going to do? You know, like I just there's there's nothing wrong with it. But I mean, it, and it's like you said, the art's beautiful. And considering it's followed up with an an Elm Street nightmare story that. Well, again, what's that all about? Exactly. Like I was like. Is this... They're like, there's no punchline there at all. No. I mean, honestly, if you had told me that this was the issue where 2000 AD had given away a Freddy Krueger pack-in toy that was like a Krueger hypno-disc or something, I would totally believe it. Because it felt... Yeah, like, and I guess they had to have something to tie it in. This is what they came up with that day at lunch. Because yes. it's, you know, it literally is a, you know, Freddy rip-off. Mm-hmm. That ends up being like the dream of a, a guy. The end. Right. But like it's literally it's literally Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street and it's called an Elm Street Nightmare. Yeah. It's it's mind bending. Yeah. Yeah. That there is absolutely nothing to it. There really isn't. There really isn't. Other than part of me was like, I guess they really like the Nightmare on Elm Street movie or, you know, like you just sit there and you're like, was there like a poll? Did they... Did the rights fall through? Like, honestly, there that one really was the why does this story exist? But yeah, out of everything here, because again, there's a lot of ones where you're like, why does this story exist? Because right. again, that's followed by Dead Juve's Curve, which followed by The Wind yes. Cry, yes. which are, are both, you know, in their own way, shockingly bad. There's also this, the one earlier in the volume where the, the guy comes back from, from the dead on Recyc. Right. Like before he's about to be recycled. And that's two parts and there's nothing to it. You know what's amazing to that? Again, which really it's one of the few times that Grant does a two-parter. And it's the same to me as a single-parter. As as in like the first half, I'm like, oh, this is an interesting setup. Oh, you know, like the second part, I was just like, really? This is – this was – Yeah, yeah, this is how we resolve it. So – for people who haven't read the book, the setup is there's a corpse on Recyc, which is essentially what Mega City One does with its its dead bodies. It it recycles them, um, and he wakes up, mm-hmm. but he wakes up sort of after a spiritual experience. Like there, there's there's certain you know mm-hmm. Alan Grant's spirituality gets in there, um, but and and you're left with like you know oh what's going on? And am I right in saying he can't speak? Am I misremembering? Uh, no, yeah, no. It, it's one of those things where initially it seems like he can't because they had pulled the teeth out of his Did mouth or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. That's it. Exactly. They say, um, have a heart judge. The man's just had all his teeth ripped out. I've given but, him a combined but, sedative rapid heal. You can try him in a couple of hours. So, but yeah, no, there's, you find the stuff out in flashback where he talks. And then by the time he shows up, he, he still doesn't say anything and and it's also very much um yeah there's just kind of a, a what was the point of that story you know like kind of yeah, well, 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 i was gonna say it's like you have that as a setup you know he's mm-hmm. come back from the right you know what's going on right and then the, the result is he like he was only dead because he tried to kill everyone else yes and it went wrong mm-hmm. and like that's where you go for this the re- resolution of that yeah it, yeah. it seems, you know, again, the strangest decision. Not as strange as why are you doing a, like, not even a Nightmare on Elm Street parody, just a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff calling it an Elm Street nightmare. Yes. The most inexplicable decision in the book. Yeah. But 
it is a book full of that type of decisions. Right. But again, when it hits, it hits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know, I know you're not a big fan of the Kraken stuff as I am, but the shooting match story, I love because mm-hmm. it's it's really, really, really quiet, and it's basically Dreads does a test of his shooting prowess, mm-hmm. so it's a cadet. And the cadet scores higher than Dread, and it's Kraken. Yes. And it's nothing other than evolving the story that we saw when Kraken was in it before. Right. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Nothing beyond that. Mm-hmm. But it's great. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's this very tight story where, again, you get Dread reflecting on his age. Mm-hmm. And everyone else kind of reflecting on his age as well. Right. You know, talking about, like, whether he's still got it. And he does. He scores an almost perfect score. Yeah. And you find out that only like, you know, three people have ever gotten perfect scores and he was one of them before. But then the cadet gets a perfect score. And so you have, again, underscoring the idea that there are better dreads out there than dread. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, which, which I really like. But see, here's the thing. My problem, Graham, is if that had if if that had been someone other than Kraken it it would be it would have a completely different landing you know what i mean yeah. but because but, but it, it is kraken can't for reasons well, do you know what sure. i mean like this is this is part of wagner's long game right right it it has to be kraken for reasons that will become apparent in the next volume i know but part of me is still like cuz the thing is i, I, I get i get what you're saying but yeah. like not it's not just that someone is better than dread it's that this guy is better than dread Yes. This dread is better than dread. This dread is better than dread. And so in that sense, there's kind of a nobody's better than dread default kind of, you know, that sort of does different things with it, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a different thing saying right. dread is not the best judge. Right. And this guy out dreads dread. Right. I, and, and you know, when we get to the dead man, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's actually an argument made in there. That Dread's DNA is special, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which ties in with this, which I don't know if Wagner's actually trying to say or not, mm-hmm. but he keeps on either purposefully or accidentally arguing that Dread's DNA is actually what makes him special. Right. Dread is inherently special and cannot be anything other than exceptional. Right. Because of his DNA, which in itself is fascinating to me. Well, and I think I think that is the... I guess that seems that is that is less interesting to me, I think, because maybe coming from the so much more strongly raised in the American superhero comic book tradition. It's kind of like that. That's what you get corn fed, spoon fed all the time, you know, is that. Oh yeah, so and so is the best, blah blah, because they're because they're special. because they're the best, yeah. yeah. They're the best because they're the best, and it's it's one thing when they do that as a bit of world building, and Dread has the DNA of the you know of the best judge, but then when you've got the it's idea of like things, when yeah. you actually try to follow that through and argue, no, it's the DNA. He's the best judge. Yes. Right. I mean, in a way, part of me is like, uh, it's I, so what what ends up happening is it takes that story in which Dread is getting older and slipping and is actually beat by a cadet. It, you know, it's the classic 
once Star Wars becomes about, you know, the Skywalker family and how special their butts are, you know what I mean? Like the idea that what, you know, that, that uh, for a lot of people, the idea that a, a farm kid in the middle of nowhere could be the hero of the galaxy slowly gets erased by the the multi-generational saga blah 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 i mean i'm not saying anything that wasn't discussed no but but it's true like when it becomes quote-unquote the skywalker saga yeah it becomes a different thing and becomes a different thing again when it's not just the skywalker saga but two of your three main casts in the original trilogy happen to be related right right so it all of a sudden what feels great begins kind of collapsing like a souffle and to be fair like this is stuff that's from 80 you know 89 and 90 it's there's there wouldn't be quite that level of exhaustion it would still be kind of like oh that's pretty cool like oh that is neat you know but so like sort of tying in with this though Mm -hmm. is the idea that again knowing what happens with this in future right like there will, admittedly, many years after this, but between 1990 and, and 2020, like mm-hmm. in in that haha, three decade gap, Wagner will bring in many more clones with the same DNA. Mm-hmm. Right. And whether it's a choice or it not, because, again, I don't know whether he is trying to argue that Dread's DNA is, is exceptional, mm-hmm. but you'll see people who have the same DNA who are good at what they do, mm-hmm. but don't want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You'll see people who are like, now I don't want to be a judge or I'm an okay judge, but I, this isn't my passion. Right. Or I don't want to be you dread, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know? And that is why the idea of like the dread DNA or the Fargo DNA really mm-hmm. is, is in some way exceptional is interesting to me mm-hmm. because way down the line admittedly wagner argues against that pretty vehemently well which is he argues against sure. the idea that you're defined by your dna yes i should say right right which you know he's touching on with kraken already mm-hmm. kraken was a judder mm-hmm. kraken was brainwashed to be the very opposite of the judges mm-hmm. like a, a religious zealot Mm-hmm. But then Wagner starts playing with that as soon as he gets out into Mega City One, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This is where I'm meant to be. Right. I'm meant to be a judge, right? You know." And even as soon as the next volume, mm-hmm. you get to see Kraken how he deals with that idea, how he deals with being a judge, how he deals with the idea that this is what he's quote unquote meant to do, mm-hmm. and also the expectations of other people mm-hmm. because of one thing that defines dread he doesn't give a shit about the expectations of other people that's one of the things that's so interesting to me about the idea that dread is getting old right right you get to see what he feels about it in the strip with the bath mm-hmm. but throughout the last volume and this volume you get to see everyone else talking about it mm-hmm. and like oh he's slipping up oh you know you well, maybe he's gonna have to be replaced he's too important to the city and dread himself manage to sort of step back from that mm-hmm. and go this is what i'm going to do i'm still a good judge mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. you know so even as soon as the next volume you get wagner arguing that you you you're 
DNA or genes do not define you, right? It, like if it's nature versus nurture, right? Right now, at this point in volume thirteen, where the story is, it really seems like he's pushing his nature. And as soon as volume fourteen, mm-hmm. he's making a really strong argument to the contrary. Right, that it's nurture. He's he's like he's like it's not like mm-hmm. you, you know, some people just can't do it. Right. Well, so so I think what what's sort of semi unfair for us is. There's a lot of setup here in 13, as you said, for things that pay off in 14. The, sh- the shooting match is one. And I think the five-part Young Giant prog that immediately follows it by Wagner with Iskara Arts is, um, is clearly supposed to run in parallel with that. You know, it's thematically parallel, you know. Mm-hmm. Giant, who we know as a judge who died back in the Apocalypse War and who himself was the son of one of the Harlem of the heroes. Harlem yeah. yeah. Uh, he himself has had had an illegitimate son, or so such is the, the gist that we got. The other thing that I have to say that is really crazy about the five-part Young Giant arc is, having mentioned Star Wars, how much of it is the young Anakin Skywalker arc kind of like, you know, yeah, really, really interestingly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because, really because strong. You get, you get that, um, giant essentially was raised, uh, by his mother after his father disappeared. His father was part of an ancient order. Yeah. Well, ancient order, the judges, um, that he is then indoctrinated into. That's right. But, his mother has a. I mean, how would you describe her past as describing Young Giant? Well, like it, it's it's it, it, it's again slavery it, per se, but it. Well, I think that the basic the basic thing of it is very similar to again, weirdly, the stuff going on in the Lucas's prequel trilogy. Giant has his mother has been killed, but she's it, in something closer to a standard revenge exploitation movie the killers killed her right before young giant's eyes and he actually cuts one of them and he swears revenge on them so he after seeing that happen is filled with a lot of anger and really a lot of rage the the judges found him in a refugee camp they've taken him in and they are they think that he's a fantastic prospect but he has a quote-unquote attitude problem. So he rides along with, um, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I mean Judge Dredd, and with (laughs) Dredd trying to more or less, like, train him in the ways of the Jedi, I mean the judges, and, you know, and, and what actually ends up happening in a way that's more interesting than where Lucas's stuff goes is... In the course of investigating a um, snuff film magazine ring, um, Young Giant ends up recognizing one of the people in the magazine as one of the people who killed his mother. And in the course of it, as they come closer and closer and closer to, to breaking up the ring and getting to those people, Dread is his counseling uh young giant against again in a very wow this feels familiar star wars people way of 
you know, turning away from the dark side of not just all emotion, but the, the anger and the hate and the, you know, the, the, the need to punish is separate and apart from the need for vengeance. It's great because there's a lot of parallels with what ends up happening in some stuff in volume 14, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about when appropriate, but it's just, it's a nicely laid out story, but it also does, there's a continual nature nurture thing well, that's, going on. That's just that. it, right? Yeah. Because the, the judges essentially say, mm-hmm. like, he's, he comes from good stock, exactly. is more or less what they say. Mm-hmm. And there, there's even a point where Dredd points out, you know, we've given you extra chances because of who your father is. That's right. You know, so there is very much a, you know, we believe in your DNA can you be shaped into what we want? Right. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, can, can you essentially transcend what you saw slash how you were raised to become something quote unquote better? And, you know, I got to say the cadet stories um, for dread, like it's rare that they don't work for me. I don't know what it is. Maybe they would, (laughs) wouldn't be as great if I was younger or something, but one seriously, things, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really like about this particular story is it really shines a light on, for want of a better way of putting it, Dredd's personal moral code. Mm-hmm. Dredd really speaks about what separates, in his mind, the judges from the criminals. Right. Uh, which is really important, considering it comes before the letter to the Judge Dredd story that finishes the book. But right. No, I think it's placement. After the shootout and before the letter is is super important, you know? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you do you get dread essentially saying repeatedly, you know, we're better than them because we don't enjoy the violence, right? We're better than them because we don't take it too far. We only take it far enough, right? Which, you know, we've read enough judge dread to know that's not actually true right, right? well one like, of the, like there's, right. literally a, there's literally a point in in uh young giant where he more or less says like we don't kill people unless it's necessary right and like we know that's not true yeah no i think one read for any period is knows that's not true right and you know even by and wagner knows it's not true because wagner brings it up in the letter to judge dread later yes well and i think i think that is super important is you know Wagner has a five-part story in which Dredd gives a young black man the answers as to why things are the way they are. And then it ends with a one-part segment, Prague, with a young black man asking Dredd why things are the way they are. And it's super important that they're in that order because read separately you know what i mean like you realize it, you would like to think that that in the continuity like and it's very it's a very it's a bit of a dice game whether or not you're going to make dread be uh, dread continuity stick but this one seems like a pretty good argument that dread said a bunch of stuff to this kid set him on a path felt great about himself and then gets this letter from this other kid that asks him a bunch of questions in ways that are phrased that Dredd can't, he can't believe his own bullshit. And it, 
and it and it does him in it 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 does you know. it does it breaks him and what i really like is it breaks the strip as well yeah like wagner really does actually ask all the questions that breaks the strip mm-hmm. and he does it very intentionally at that point mm-hmm. right because he's the the character whose name is wim wenders can we just talk about that for a second? Was it Wim or was it William? And it's, it's just... William because it's WM. Yeah, it's, but it's clearly it's, meant to be read as Wim Wenders. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, um, but you—he does like outright say, "How come when you're so good at keeping our streets free of crime, Mega City One has the worst crime rate going?" Yeah, you know, uh, I suppose most of the ones you kill are criminals, so I guess that makes it okay, even if they've only done something that's shoplifting. But you sure hurt an awful lot of people. Yes. Is this because there are more people committing crimes these days or are there just more crimes to commit? Yeah. Like it, re- it really just goes in and goes, okay, I'm actually fucking up the series. Mm-hmm. And I'm fucking up the series before, you know, spoilers, Wagner legitimately fucks up the series. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this, this comes, this, the prog that this uh, story, the letter to Judge Red, appears in is this also the same prog as the second last part of dead man mm-hmm. which has the reveal that we'll get to soon enough but reading those two things in the same issue yeah. you're very aware that wagner is purposefully dismantling judge Dredd. right i mean it's ultimately a con because mm-hmm. you know we know now judge Dredd continues for at least 30 years past this right right you know um but a i can't overestimate how exciting it was to read these two things in the same prog mm-hmm. but also I think Wagner is doing really interesting stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. And bear in mind also that he's getting ready to, to leave the strip, mm. right? Mm-hmm. He, he leaves it in 2018 and starts writing in the magazine. And in the magazine, the first thing he writes is America, mm. you know, which again is completely, well, what if I just outright say that Dredd's a villain? Right. What's really interesting is I said before that I was watching the Future Shock documentary. Mm-hmm. And Wagner there goes, you know, I have a, a list of, of Judge Dredd rules. Mm-hmm. And the second most important rule is Judge Dredd as a hero. Mm-hmm. And the first most important rule is Judge Dredd as the villain. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No. I, yeah. And and you can see it. I think one of the things that I I like is, I mean, there's a lot of things to like. But... But as a as things start to and it makes sense then that if if Wagner's leaving soon, because by the end of this and what we see in Dead Man and how it follows, it kind of seems like there's a little bit of the at least for now, he's emotionally written himself into a corner, you know, and I think it takes some time for him to figure out. Yeah. Yes, what to do next. Mm-hmm. But it's true. Like, Wagner is is done with Dredd. Yeah. You know, like, a letter to Judge Dredd is, in theory, quote-unquote, the last regular Dredd mm-hmm. that Wagner is going to write for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is... And I say this as if he's not going to write for, like, more than a half a year later. Mm-hmm. You know, he's... He, like Wagner is the main writer on Dread for you know the remainder of 1990 and into 1991. Right. But as the last you know quote unquote regular Dread, 
like it's it's a great way to leave. Like if that had been his final strip, of, like his final thing for Dread, right? That'd be the an amazing way to leave. Now, so I I wanted to ask you because Letter to Judge Dread is fabulous in demolishing, but again, you have Grant doing what's a uh, like a children's story or whatever. Do you before the right before the PJ maybe stuff? It reads like a combo. A child's tale reads as, you know, a combo of PJ maybe in the sense of like, oh, here's a story told from a kid's point of view and with kid level illustrations. Um, And it's also about him being like, well, you know, you killed my mom. Like, you know, what and what do you say to that? And it shows the it shows the loss of the kid's life. And yet what's amazing is, is as as happens a lot here, there's like, oh, it's kind of the same story as long as you don't read either story and someone's just telling you about it. And that person is Jeff in a very hasty way. But but, you know, it's kind of like, oh, so this is that's one path. And and it says something about maybe either where Grant is at in terms w- with his status with the the 2000 AD editors or just where he f- his motivations are that it's kind of like uh ah you know what you're gonna do kind of one off and and basically you know uh Wagner turns around and uses it as the dynamite to plant under the floorboards of Judge Dredd. You know, and just blow it all up. I apologize, uh, poor, poor Graham McMillan, that I, you were sure that we were going to spend all this time talking about uh, Tale of the Dead Man, and uh, and we've not. Like we, we've. Well, here's the thing. So it, it's there is like I said, Thirteen's not a great book, but the bits that are good are great. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's fair. I the the parts that are great are great. It's just. Um, like I said, for me, a lot of it was not great. And and so the stuff that was good was just, it just felt too meager. It just, it was like, I felt like I was being food rationed in this volume. It got much, much better in the second half. Because even something like uh, It Still Pays to Be Mental, you know, is just a little dash off thing. But it's a little dash off thing with a lot of the spirit you know, a lot of the energy. Like, I would say that if I had to choose, like, Curse of the Spider-Man is, in its way, just a joke, but it's but it's a pretty decent joke. You're like, you know? but it's a funny joke. That's funny. I really don't like Curse of the Spider-Man. <laughs> well, the, so I'm not crazy about it, but I very much mean, like, if you're going to compare it to The Amazing Ant-Man, you know, for example, or you basically weirdly have two crazed animal stories in a row you know you that aren't like you've got a monkey's tale with aka alan grant like me was one of the few people to see monkey shines in the theater and then confessions of a rottweiler which is wagner doing a like oh it's an animal with a murder twist kind of thing but you know so it's Admittedly, I don't. I, we shouldn't spend too much time listening to me compare um, low-hanging fruit. That being said, <laughs> Graham, please tell me you're not going to make a case for Cardboard City, 
right? I am going to make a Am I going to make a case for Carbro City? Are you? Yes and no. I'm going to make a case for I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. I'm going to make a case for I really enjoy Cam Kennedy's art in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a case for there is something interesting to me in seeing Dread as... Nostalgic's not the right word, but a character who's ruled by his sympathy, if that makes sense. Hmm. You know, there, there's he he is he is kind in this story, right? You know, and that is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting to me that Maria is so. The basic layout of Cardboard City is there is a homeless encampment in Mega City One, mm-hmm. and living there is Maria, dressed former housekeeper slash astonishingly terrible Italian stereotype from the early days of the strip. Yep. And Dread comes across her. Meanwhile, there are the privileged uh, few who, for sport, are essentially killing homeless people. Mm-hmm. And long story short, as Dread is chasing them down, Maria comes face to face with them. And Maria, just being obstinate and stubborn, delays them enough for, for Dread to stop them. Uh, and it ends with Dread basically pleading for her to get into rehab, and she gives them the finger. And so he rests her with the basic belief of like, well, if you're in jail, you'll have to right. get so Yeah, go to rehab, essentially. Um, and A, it doesn't need to be three chapters. does not. It's far too long. Right. Uh, but also, I can't complain too much because I get three chapters of Camp Kennedy's art. Right. Um, but there is something really interesting to me in the idea of looking at this from Dread is undergoing some sort of midlife crisis. Right. Uh that when faced with this character from his youth, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, who he didn't even like at the time. Yes. Like, he can't help but be like, you have to pull yourself together. You have to do this. Mm-hmm. And and be kind and be frustrated that she is not responding to that for want of a better way of putting it mm-hmm. like there's something really really interesting to me in that and i like that version mm-hmm. of dread mm-hmm. and i like that version of dread at this particular point in the strip mm-hmm. so if i'm making a case for it that's the case i'm making okay but at the same time it is over long it is relatively slight mm-hmm you know, it's not as good as the shooting match. It's not as good as Young Giant. It's definitely not as good as Letter to Judge Dredd. It's mm-hmm. not as good as the, the strip with Dredd in the bath. Yes. You know, it's not one of the highlights of the book, but it's certainly something I enjoyed in the book. Mm. Okay. Well, that's good. Why do you, why do you dislike it? Um, well, there's a couple of reasons. Like you said, Cam, Cam Kennedy's art is great, but uh, one of the things I don't like is that it is that is that Maria as an alcoholic homeless person while still having the most ridiculous uh broad accent. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's 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 not like they softened the the right the racism here at all. Well, they don't soften the racism and 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 there's also just the absurdity. It's very um it's and it's just so on the nose in terms of its relevance in terms of homeless people and the plight of like honestly alan grant is practically challenging channeling robert kaniger in the way that he keeps referring to cardboard city and here comes the night on cardboard Wait, city it's, it's and the, 
it, it's sorry. Did I say Grant? I meant yeah. Wagner. It's Wagner challenge. I was too worried about screwing up the word channeling, which I keep <laughs> wanting to say is challenging. And I, wait, I, making I, sure I had Robert it Kennedy right. Or, or, it's Wagner. It it's Wagner. Yeah. It's it's definitely Wagner because I remember being like, you know, sort of like payday. It was kind of like, wait, this this is this is terrible, and this is Wagner. So cardboard city. I just don't like it's ham handed. It feels like, you know, it kind of feels like it's not quite Walter the Wobot, you know, being caught shooting drugs on the like on oh, a no, Neil Adams drawn cover. It's really close, it's right? Way too close for my liking. It really is. I'm just like, nah, nah, this is not gonna do it for me. And it and it has a little bit of the oh god, if this is what it means to make dread quote unquote relevant or serious. I want no part of it. And fortunately, you know, the other stories go in other directions, but it was not an encouraging. I just, I just didn't like it. I was just like, "Mm, no, this is, this is, I don't remember. It's, I think it is an only three part prog. It felt seven parts long because it just felt like it is just three parts. Yeah. It, it just felt like it was the same three See, I, pages I, I over and it, over yeah, again. Yeah. I don't think it does feel seven parts long, but I can, I do also think it is over long. I think it should have been two parts. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, part of me wonders if it's three parts because like they want Cam Kennedy to have like, you know, a splash page of cardboard cities burning. Yeah, know? yeah, sure. No, I, I mean, I get it. I, I yeah, I'll be surprised if they're like, oh, let's just cam this page. You know, and and again, uh, Wagner running long is usually preferable to the alternative. It's possible right. that if he'd run it one more installment, like you know what I mean, like maybe he would have hit the right mix of pathos. But I think it could just also be that I've never liked Maria as a character. And the fact that the whole story, which again feels like a souped up, sloppy, relevant, you know, attempt stab at relevance, uh, if you cut aside the the unspoken underlying what is dread going through that's making him try and hunt this person down and how that fits in with um the stuff that happens here, and again, I would argue a much bigger payoff that happens in in volume fourteen. Like you just, it ends on a sound of music uh, joke. But it does, which I absolutely. I've got to be honest. I fucking love that. See, Graham, that's no, no, no. That is wrong. I, I normally I would yes. I see why I see why you say that, but let me just say that is not right, Graham. You sh- no. Like it literally, because here's the thing: it honestly, honestly feels that Wagner got all the way through the story, and he's like, "Oh shit! I've just realized her name's Maria. Oh fuck! I know how to land this." Oh. And doesn't think for a second. Like, is this a good idea? And there's something about that I genuinely love. Good for you. I can't, I can't believe they actually ended with. Guess that's how you solve a problem, like Maria. Yep. Holy like, it's, shit! The, the yep honestly feels like they're like. Oh, wait, yeah, no, I shouldn't have done that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, I, I think we're going to have to hustle so that we can, well, I mean, don't have to hustle that much. But do you want to move on to the dead man? Do you, Or do we have to do our Drock or Dross 
a rating for case files 13 separate and apart from that? Or how should we do this, Graham? Okay, what's, well, what's first of all, of let's, let's do Drock or Dross. Uh, very quickly, because I think both of us would say this is Dross. Yes, yeah. Uh, like, this stuff, I, and again, right. there's a bunch of stories we like in here. Yes, but not enough for us to be like, this is a great volume. Yeah, no, 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 no. But no. again, what is good is great. Is the, yes, is the frustrating thing. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Again, this is part of what we're reading because we're also reading the Dead Man, which I, Jeff, please go along with me here. Dead Man's fucking amazing. It absolutely 100% is. It's it's so uh I just I love everything about it, but I have to say that John Ridgeway's art on it kills me. There's so much other stuff that is worth talking about that we will, but I just want to say on a page by page panel by panel basis, I just loved the art the cartooning the black and it's, white work there yeah there's a bit of that like there's uh, in particular the page the second page of it mm-hmm. uh the last panel there where the dead man opens his eyes for the first time yes it's just fucking amazing it's yeah. just such a great panel mm-hmm. there's there's so much really really ridgeway is astonishing in this mm-hmm. i'm gonna get a little bit more context for people so in 650 which is the issue, the uh, the identity issue that features the shooting match, which brings back Kraken. A strip called The Dead Man starts. And The Dead Man is written by Keith Ripley and drawn by John Ridgway. It is, it's fair to say it's relatively unclear what it is to begin with. Yeah. You know, like the first couple of chapters, I think you even get to the second chapter before you realize it's in the same world as Judge Dredd. Well, there is a reference and it's too fast to tell if it's actually true. But on page two, there's the he talked they talk about it was me who touched him, felt his skin all cracked and baked like a bad stretch of cursed earth. And what's lovely is, is you're like, okay, is that because it's not the cursed earth? You're like, is it? Is it? You know what I mean? And there's a variety of things. One among other things, what's great is, is that even after it's established that this is taking place in Dread's continuity out in the cursed earth, certain things are being done um, to make it feel utterly different you don't see yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, you don't see any of the traditional dread things yep. and it reads like a horror strip yes you know like very aggressively it's it leans heavily into the horror tropes yeah which i really like mm-hmm. but it's the the punchline of this is it runs 12 episodes and in the 11th episode, it reveals who the dead man is. The dead man is this character who is horribly scarred, who is found on the cursed earth by Yasa, who is this incredibly well-meaning kid who the story is about. He's the narrator and, and also the, the focus in many ways. Yeah. And in episode 11, in the second last episode, it reveals that the dead man is dread, mm-hmm. which, again, is, 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 is a big reveal. And it's done really well, I have mm-hmm. to say. Oh, the yeah. reveal that is dread is done incredibly well because it all happens through the dread iconography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They find the knee pad. They find a helmet. Right. You know, and and you see all this, but they don't show you any of this until the very last page, mm-hmm. where you see the badge. Yeah. Well, it's it's done exceptionally well. And again, this happens in the same prog as a letter to Judge Dread. Mm. So it's very aware at this point that something is happening 
too dread. Something's happening in the dread strip. Right. The the missing part of this is there's no Keith Ripley. It's John Wagner. Mm-hmm. It's John Wagner writing under a pseudonym. Yeah. Um, to hide the fact that this is not just a dread strip, but a dread strip that is in, like entirely important to yes. where uh, dread is going for the next half year. Yeah. Well, um, and what a what a great lure in that sense it's it it's a level of fake out that that what block madness leading in as the intro to the apocalypse war was i think you know um unless it you was think, a yeah, block you, madness you know what no, i mean uh, yeah no you think you know where it's going and all of a yeah. sudden it goes somewhere entirely different yes it's it's lovely i mm-hmm. really really like that yeah um yeah, it's it's the dead man is is just and on top of that, the dead man is actually just a great strip. Yeah, even if it didn't have you know this importance to to dread in there. Right, it's just an exceptionally well done, thrilling, creepy strip. Yeah, that works at a very deliberate pace. Yes, and and it's just it's just really a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's well, I, I I think it's I, I it outshines everything and and. Case Files 13 by far. Oh, I think so. By far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I mean, it's tough because there's a few crucial pieces in 13 that I love, but but 13 but as a whole. No, no. 13 was was like, you know, it, I think as I I don't remember if I told you this before we were technically on air or not, but it was it was like volume 13 felt a little bit like having to it was like eating your dessert before you got to dinner. You know what I mean? Like it was all these like sort of sickly sweet colored confections that, that just kind of made my stomach sick. And every once in a while I'd be like, Oh, I like this or, Oh, I like that. But then dead man is an entire meal that is just like, I loved every bit of it. And so it was kind of like, I was so grateful to get through all of 13 and have this at the end of it because it was like, what a sustained high note. I mean, because part of what's great is after seeing something that, you know, feels um, more than intermittently aimless to see something that is so purposefully crafted. And like you said, what helps is that it, it works on its own terms. I think it is a very, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a horror Western, which always is a little thing that when it works, it always seems to work super well, but Richway's art is just beautiful. It looks there's stuff and it's tough because it's a thing in 2020 is, is far less of a compliment than it used to be. But there's stuff that reminds me of Robert Crumb's sketchbooks, like in, in the best ways, you know, just the level of illustration. There's also times when the black and white work looks like it's, you know, Ridgeway's doing shit that, that would impress Graham Ingalls, you know, from an EC horror comic. And then he's doing stuff that, that looks like, illustrations like maybe because yasa is the narrator and is the brave plucky kid in the book but there's a certain call back to the classic 
children's adventure novels that are a little too dark to be more than that. Again, you know, we've talked about Treasure Island popping up as an influence in Oz. This one sort of reminded me of Huck Finn, perhaps unsurprisingly. And there's parts where some of the, some of Ridgeway's stuff looks like it could be illustrations in one of those books, you know, like when you were reading Huck Finn and there's a, the, you know, they show a page where like, Jim is on the boat where Huck's dad has died, but we never find that out, you know, but, you know, where it's just a creepy shape. There's so much creepiness in the art that totally delivers on everything that, 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 you know, Wagner could hope for. And then, you know, what, when you do know the joke, when you, the quote unquote joke, the twist, things get even wilder. Like, you finally get to see Dread without his helmet, yes, and you don't even know it. And of yeah, course, yeah, and, and you realize, like, you realize you've seen it for the last ten weeks. Yes, exactly, burned beyond all recognition, and so it's just perfect. There's that, there's that line where someone says that one of his eyes d- doesn't look right, and I, I love that, you know, Cause exactly because they were telling you. Yes, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. I mean, it is so smart mm-hmm. it is such a, a well-written it, it's a mystery box that stands up to repeated reading yeah yeah absolutely you know which is it honestly it's incredibly rare mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but it's also there are so many fascinating things in there additionally mm-hmm. you know i love that like i said there it sort of has this idea that like there's something special about dread inherently Mm-hmm. Because Dredd doesn't know what a rifle is, and then the next episode right. is has like perfect aim, right? You know, yeah. And and so yeah, there, there's 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 just there's a lot there I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I, I I really genuinely think. Also, you know, there's uh, the there's the character in when he's first taken back to the village. Mm-hmm. There's the character who's just like that. He'll bring doom to us. Yes, and just it's so. Uh, it it's foreshadowing or Wagner playing a joke in the reader because he's not going to bring doom. He's going to bring death. Right. right. Like he's going to bring, he's literally going to bring the sisters of death. Right. right. Um, and it's, and again, he's, he's laying it all out there mm-hmm. repeatedly mm-hmm. when they find dead man first, he is all wrapped up in a mask like dread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's all, there's just, there's so much there yeah. where Wagner's like, I really did give you a lot of clues. Yes. It's just that you didn't even know to look for them because we didn't even tell you this was a mystery story. Right. No. And I think that's, I, which is, which is wonderful. I really envy the people that read this cold. Um, I was going to say, you didn't read it cold, right? You knew this was coming. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, reading throw power overload, uh, back even before we did Drock, it was, uh, they 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 mentioned it there. That being said, I think that that hook in particular was when it was recounted in Throw Power Overload. I was like, God damn it, I've got to read this someday because that sounded like just such a great, great little fake out, you know. And um, ah, man, this is so good. I'm just re looking at some of those the panels because. One of the things that sucks is that, is that, is that, 
you know, is so you see Yasa and he is a brave kid. Um, and he is the narrator. And what's great is he tells the story from the remove of many years. And and like a lot of these stories do, there is a strong emphasis on the idea of, yes, it all goes bad. You know, the whole like, if I had known what was coming, I would have done things differently. You know, that yeah. kind of foreshadowing. And that's the other thing that impresses me so much at about Dead Man is the ending is is genuinely horrifying. Like Yasa pays an enormous price for essentially wanting to be, you know, for, a for brave for rogue kid. Sins. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but like he specifically pays Dread's price, right? How so? Um, the sisters only only do that to Yasa because of they're punishing Dread. Yeah, first of all, but also. He loses his eyes just like Dread loses his eyes in City of the Damned. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. It, it's funny how much it was evocative. But um, but what I thought was, was kind of more interesting – well, I don't know about more interesting, but, but this very – this part where, you know, Dread is yelling at him to essentially disbelieve and he – he can't. He, he yes, he can't. Which is, I I have to say, like even that twist is is great. Yes, the idea that like the sisters of death can only hurt you if you believe that they can hurt you. Yes, uh, is great because as soon as Dread realizes who he is, as soon mm-hmm. as he remembers, yeah, he is back to being a stubborn fucker. Well, yeah, exactly. Like like his 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 confidence slash arrogance, whatever. His determination comes back. Right. You know, and they can't hurt him anymore. Well, because yes. he's like, I know exactly what you are, and you can't hurt me. But Yasa doesn't have that, right? Yasa is is, for want of a better way of putting it, a more realistic, a more human character. Yes, who, when faced with this, can't help but have doubts, and that's what does him in. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because on the one hand, I agree with you. On the other hand, I would say this is part of why it's thematically resonant is, and now that I think about it, it's probably thematically resonant that you have young giant, Wimwenders and Yasa are all young black men, right? So, mm-hmm. but... I, I've got to say, I'm not sure Wimwenders is actually black. I think the coloring is actually... Oh, is it just that bad at coloring? I, yeah, that I suspect. Be. I'm not sure he is. No, no, I but, think you're right. Yeah, Listeners weigh in. Yes, I don't think please he is. Do. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. That would that would be hilarious if... And so like me. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there is a shot of him writing and he does not seem... He seems pretty... I don't know. They make him pretty tan, though. <laughs> No, no, oh, no, wait, a, but then he gets killed and then he's not. Yeah, he's clearly not. Okay, bummer. But Dead Man... I, I, see, I see where you're going to go, yeah, right? Cause, right. Because, well, don't forget, Dead Man is, is running the same time as Young Giant. Right. So, right, which which is great in that sense because... So you, you do have... You've got these two young dread disciples, but also it underscores the idea that dread knows himself when dread becomes dread again he figures out the only reason that they couldn't hurt him was essentially 
that he knows how stubborn he is. You know, he realizes that once he realized who he was, he was like, you know, you can't you can't kill me. Like, you know, it's like uh, only if I surrender to it, you know, and and that's that's the only way that that you, you know, I'm not buying it anymore. You cut me, but I ain't bleeding is there's dread has self-knowledge because he's an because he's an old fucker. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that, sadly, Yasa is too young to disbelieve, you know? Disbelief is something that comes with age. And it has been something that has poisoned Dread or makes Dread feel poisoned up until this point. But in Dead Man, it's literally knowing yourself and knowing what you believe like knowing the limitations of what you believe and and realizing that 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 what you believe really is who you are and you can only change it so much is what allows him to to survive the encounter you know i'm going to agree and disagree at the same time okay i think you're right but i think what's really interesting to me about dread about dead man running when it was running Mm -hmm. is you simultaneously are seeing two ends of the same story. Right, right. You're yeah. seeing Dredd lose his belief in himself slash the city. Right. And you're seeing Dredd after he has regained that belief. Well, in the process of more or less regaining it. He yeah. literally regains his self, sense of self. But you see him like he opens the story without it. And you see him discover who he is, I guess, in in a way. You know, um, and it, rediscover it. Yeah, it's it's. But you you know, it's it's interesting. You're literally seeing the ends of that story. Yeah, at the same time, which is fabulous. I mean, that it, is... it is. It's again formally fucking great. Yeah, right. And again, the fact that you don't know that you're seeing the other side side of that story oh. when you're seeing it yeah. is again just spectacular. It's yeah. a, a genuinely bold. And I mean, genuinely ballsy. Yeah, like yes. thing to do. Yeah, you know, like it's 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 great. But what's also fun is, and you having read part of fourteen, know this: you haven't really seen the middle part yet. Yes, at the time you're reading Dead Man or Dread at this point. That's right. Like the thing that tips him over the edge, the thing that gets him to do the long walk. Right. Because if you're reading the Dead Man, you think you're seeing the future. Mm-hmm. Because he's taken the long walk. He's right. left the city. Right. Right? Right. And what you don't know is Dead Man more or less takes place like maybe a month after where you're also reading a track. Right. Well, and that that is the other part that is super fun and also super great is Dead Man finishes. It, it doesn't, it, you know, it answers in the classic perfect way. It answers one question like who he is but in doing so raises a slew of others where you're like yes wait a minute he took the long walk like you know yeah yeah like what happened yeah and what happened part is fascinating yes is so great yeah because it is essentially the culmination of what wagner's been doing in dread for at this point more than a year Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Right of the dreads feeling that he's old. Other people, more importantly, think the dreads passed it. Yeah, and this clone 
is there who is better at being dread than dread yes you know and for wagner to bring all of that into focus so quickly mm-hmm. while having told you not the end of the story mm-hmm. but a really significant chunk in the dead man yeah is just like it's a fascinating thing to do it's a fascinating thing that he decided to structure it that way mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. That it it's you get because the dead man isn't the end of the story. Like I said, no. you're not seeing the beginning and the end. Right. You're seeing the beginning and the like the end of the second act, maybe. Yes, exactly. Which is just brilliant. So you don't, it, yeah. It just I love how it just reopen. It's like a magic trick. It just reopens your excitement about the strip all over again. Yeah, um, it's it's it really does. It Dead Man in particular more than what you see in Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Although, really, like we said, Thirteen ends really strongly. Yes, um, especially with uh, Young Giant. Especially for me, Shooting Match, Young Giant, and uh, Letter to Judge Dread. Mm-hmm. They're not sequential. Like there is a there's a gap between Young Giant and Letter to Judge Dread. Yes, that includes like some some shitty things. Although it also includes the Steve Yule painted strip, which I love, even though it's the writing and it's terrible. Mm. Um, but those three end really strongly. But the fact that like Deadman's happening at the same time mm-hmm. is is you know you realize that something special is happening. Oh yeah, uh, and a part of that is you know the the villains of Deadman are the Sisters of Death, i.e., the Sisters of Judge Death, mm-hmm. who as as readers of 2008 who had you know read anderson at this point because we've, we've not talked about this anderson has had her solo strip for a while mm. um and in the first anderson adventure the dark judges return mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you don't quite know what's going on because the sisters of judge death are showing up in dead man which takes place in you know unspecified at the future right right and they have fucked dread up yeah yeah and not only that, they fucked right up and Dredd knows that something has happened to the city. Yes. No, that, that's know, which, the, which which the other great. fun thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you the reader doesn't know, right? does not know when this is happening. Mm-hmm. But the dead man ends in an incredibly unsettling way. Mm-hmm. Because you know something bad has happened to the city. Mm-hmm. You, people are coming to basically just finish Dredd off, to tie off a loose end. Mm-hmm. And... While Dread doesn't lose, he doesn't win because Yasa gets fucked up. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And that's the end of the that's the end of the series. Oh, it's so good. It's and it's great because I think also what's wonderful about it is how much a um, you know kind of that whole like oh this is only the sort of trick that you can do in like serialized comics you know but. But it's only a trick that you can do in 2000 AD as an anthology. Yeah, so it's title. only a trick you can do in an anthology. Yeah. And Where, and it's, you know, they did a version of it many years later. Yes. With Trifecta. Right. Right. Which was, again, another wonderful sleight of hand. Yes. For people who don't know, Trifecta is a crossover between three strips, Dread being one of them. Right. But Dread is the last strip to start the story. Mm-hmm. And you have these two other Dread spin-off strips, which were already 2000D strips, so it wasn't unusual that they were running. Yes. And then, literally, uh, the Dread strip finishes, mm-hmm. and the next page of the next story starts, yeah. but it 
continues the scene. Yes. It doesn't just continue the story. It continues the scene. Dread kicks in the door at the yeah, end of his trip. Exactly. Ned's page is the civic detective and Dread's kicking in the door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, again, formalist is just fucking amazing. And then like a week later, you're like, oh, wait, low life's telling the same story as well. Yes. But I don't know how it's telling the same story. Mm-hmm. And it's a few weeks before you realize how it all connects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's just... That's just great. That's yeah. genuinely just great. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really glad that they were able to re figure out a way to sort sort of recapture it because it is it's such a unique. Um, it's a oh, trick. To, yeah, yeah no, trick no, no one else to... has that tool in their toolbox. No one can yeah. ever break that out. You know, in the same way, which is and honestly, it's such it is such a bold tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely. It's because mm-hmm. Dead Man, even once you know it's dread, is not a dread story. No, no. Like I, it's a yeah. horror story. Yes, it's very clear about being horror. I mean, there's some western in there as well because it's a cursed earth, but it's a horror story, right? And it is. It's entirely unafraid of being a horror story, mm-hmm. and it's also entirely unafraid of the the nihilism of the horror story as well, right? Right. You know, that isn't the same as like the dread nihilism. Dread nihilism is always leavened by humor. Well, yes, exactly. There's... And Dead Man is not a funny story. Yes, it 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 is it is it is not in any way satirical, in in yeah. ways that always creep into to the dread stuff. And it's funny because that, in its way, um, might have been it's a as un. un- but it is also, in many ways, is as unsettling as anything else in, in Dead Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no humor. Yes. There is no humor. It yeah. is dread in a story that is hopeless and is intentionally hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like the, the theory of dread, the, the, of the Dead Man, the, the, uh, the idea behind it is dread has lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dread is literally lost. He doesn't know who he is. Yeah. But Dread has lost. Yeah. Dread fucked up beyond all recognition, including his own recognition. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Perfectly put. Yeah. He's fucked up beyond his own recognition. No, it's uh it's oh, it's it's just it's it's just a brilliant achievement on so many levels. Um I was really glad. Like I said, after everything else, it was just like Ah, this is so what I needed, and oh, oof, so good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of like, yeah, and so people should go see it and buy it and get it because it's fabulous. The end. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, that's I'm kind of there as well. What's funny is I, like I was saying, I read this in 2080. Right. I, I read this and and Thread and I was reading them at the same time, and I remember just the the shock of. Oh shit! It's dread. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and the questions that brought, mm-hmm. you know, that brings with it the, well, wait, how is it dread? Right. When does this happen? Yes. Like, wh- what is going on? It can't really be dread. It's got to be a fake out. Right. Right. You know, and then it leads into Necropolis, which you know is just is is amazing. Is is such a great mega epic, mm-hmm. but. You know, there, there, there really is something about the, the like. I'm sad you don't get the moment of discovery, right? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I genuinely am mm-hmm. because 
because it was so, it was something great. It was genuinely something great. Oh, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I it's 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 a bummer, but like I said, spoiled for me long ago. Um because these comics take place even longer ago, right? This is this is the is this late 89 early 90 as this, well this or is early 90. Okay, it's early 90. Yeah. So So like we're talking comics that are 30 years old, Jeff. Right. Exactly. So part of me is like eh you know, it's like growing up as a kid and having all of Psycho spoiled for me. And it's like every once in a while, like, and I love Psycho. It's like a fabulous film. And I remember for a while there, I was watching it like pretty much every Halloween as a tradition. And I just remember being like, God, can you imagine what it would be like to watch this movie and not know the twist, you know? And you can't quite, you can't quite get there, but there's there's still a lot to appreciate, you know, because you kind of get to see how the game is played. It'd be yeah, sh- I mean, there, there's a whole other experience of like yeah. you get to read it knowing the twist, right? You know, and and honestly, one of the things that is fabulous about Dead Man and is something that is brilliant about Wagner is like. I don't know what's going to happen to Yasa. Like, I don't think he's going to end up like he says things aren't going to end up well for him, but he's going to be okay. Right. Or isn't he, you know, like I, <laughs> that had, that's part of the yeah. part of what I love too. Is, is I will that, say this. Yeah. Yasa does show up again. I would not be surprised. I'm sort of relieved, but, uh, but I'm also kind of like, Oh, you know, um, yeah. Oh, just so good. So good. Uh, yeah, I don't, I have to say, I, at the risk of keeping us a little short, I honestly don't know where to go. I mean, you could just have me shovel more superlatives on each page, but. No, I, I like it's, I, I totally understand what you're saying mm-hmm. because it's, Dread has done some perfect comics. Mm-hmm. You know, I think thing to the apocalypse war is just like shockingly good oh yeah um, you know the the uh, letter from a democrat mm-hmm. you know there, there there are there are some just you know mic drop moments and the dead man is one on multiple levels yes like if you didn't know the twist and you were there watching the twist mm-hmm. it, it was it was shocking in a way that honestly i can't think of another comic has been shocking in Right, you know, right. to, to, I can't think of anything that matches it really. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you know the trick, it doesn't matter. It's such a good comic. It really like, is. Like yeah. Wagner and and Wagner is writing in an incredible economy of 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 style. Mm-hmm. He's given just enough information. He's giving just the right information. Mm-hmm. Yasa, you know, we've not talked about the fact that Yasa is the narrator, but his narration is is perfect yes it's it's subjective in a way that you know the dread narration is is you know almost knowingly and and amusedly omniscient mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and yet that's not like yasa is you you feel what yasa is going through which yeah. again is another great trick you don't put it together with dread immediately mm-hmm. you know but it's 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 such it just it works as a comic. Ridgeway, we've already said, is doing shockingly good work. Oh my god, shockingly it's phenomenal work. here. It's phenomenal here. I 
love, I love, I love all of it. I love how much it's, how much the dead man gets like just enough detail. You know what I mean? Like he almost always hits the right amount of, you can never see all of his face. For the most part, it's very rare when you do. But of course, what you see is ruined. And, you know, there's there's parts where you don't see any more of the dead man at with his hat low and his his collar up than you would see of dread. And yet yes. you never make that connection visually. And yet, again, when you know the trick, you see it. You know, it's just, ah, oh, it's so good. But no, Ridgeway's work in it, this is just phenomenal. I assume he's like, it's black and white work for people who don't know, because I was impressed and surprised to see it be black and white all the way through. It looks like Ridgeway is doing it largely with pen. I don't, yeah, you yeah. know, and he's like, he's really... His cross hatching, especially in you know when they're going through the forest, yes. there's just some some just fucking amazing yeah uh, ink work there yeah yeah. So I mean, he's doing astounding ink work in and black and white in a book that is filled with shadows and darkness and and you know rubble and it is it's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. I couldn't. I'm just like. Holy shit. Like the when the two sisters of death show up, um they each get their own sp- splash page more or less with a reaction shot in the thing. I assume they were well, let's see here. Would can I see if they were No, side no, by they, side? They, they would have been side by side. Okay, cuz the 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 way the book the book breaks for me, they're they're separate spreads even when I'm looking at a double page thing. I have to undo that somehow, but it's, it's, they're just, they're great. They're shocking. You know, it's just, they've got all that power. And in a way, I think one of the things that's great is there's, I don't think there's a a lot of, I'm not sure if there's any full page spreads before they debut. Like there's a shot where the dead man gets, you know, caught in a trap by the uglies or the crazies or the grunties or whatever they are. Um, but you know most of it like you said it's all super economical and when when it does open up like it's oh, it's just and that's it this is the opposite of the the stuff where i just felt like you know everyone was whether for the need to hit a deadline or just burnt out volume 13 has so much work that just feels like talented people dashing things off or, you know, sometimes untalented people just not hitting what they're aiming at, you know, or some mix in between. But Dead Man is two, two creators totally doing absolutely phenomenal work that completely supplements, you know, like it. it's, oh, oh, ground. It, it's two people, I mean, utterly in control of what they're doing. Yes, and and doing it, making it look effortless. Yes. And making it again, like I said, it's a mystery that you don't realize is a mystery. But even once you know the secrets, right? Even once you know the answer, you can reread it endlessly. Right. Right. Because it still works as a story. Now, and in many ways, it becomes a different story 
but not a lesser story. Right. Well, I think actually this is a good question because it makes sense that that in you talking about reading this in real time, of course that that reveal is just like legendary. But what did you think of the strip before? Do you remember reading it and were you into I it? Or were you not it. into I, it? I was into it, but I was also um I was into it as like a curiosity. Sure. I can't. I'm trying to think. Six fifty. See, I think it was running at the same time as like Zenith Phase Three. Mm. Right. Right. So I remember very clearly that I would really like Dread at the time, and I really liked Zenith. Right. And like this was like something I was following along with, mm-hmm. but wasn't you know it wasn't one of the first ones I checked out. Right. It was kind of in the second tier of strips, maybe. Right. And what's funny is, you know, Zenith Phase 3 also has, like, another great fake-out in there. Mm. Oh, like, right. have you read Zenith Phase 3? No, no, but you were telling me about it a few few weeks so, ago. So they essentially pretend that Zenith is dead for an episode, mm. which is great. Because they introduce Zenith's identical opposite from another planet, from an alternate Earth, early in the strip. Uh-huh. And then they, 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 someone has to stay behind to blow something up. And... It looks like it's Zenith. And Zenith's doppelganger has always been overly popular, like overly upbeat and overly peppy. Mm. And Zenith looks like he's left behind. And then he's like bloody typical. And he looks at the the audience. He looks at the reader and goes, bye. And then blows, everything blows up. Wow. And the next episode starts with everyone going, I can't believe Zenith did it. Like he never seemed like the heroic type. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you know, I, you know, well, he died a hero. And then, like, second last page, he comes through and is like, why is everyone talking about me being dead? And they're like, but you sacrificed yourself. And he's like, no, that's not me. That must have been my doppelganger. So it's like sort of thing he'd do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great joke. But it was like, like that at the same time. It's like, you know, this great fake out. Mm-hmm. It really was the time where I was like, I'm completely susceptible. <laughs> to, like, really smart creators like fucking with me yeah right you know there's something there is something great about that but realizing like oh great like i thought i was jaded at you know what was i 15 right like i'm jaded at 15 but but you do you get you get to the point where you're like i recognize the patterns sure right and then to have to completely blindsided twice in like three weeks right it's great yeah it's that is great great you're like okay fine right i don't know what the hell i'm talking about you got me yeah yeah that's great. So, whereas volume 13 is Dross, uh, the dead man is Drock. Drock plus, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, you know, we only really decided to do dead man in this episode, like, you know, two weeks ago. Right. Um, and I'm so glad we did. Yes. <laughs> because otherwise, I think both of us would have been like, oh, well, you know, at least Necropolis is right in the corner. Well, and, it would have been like, for you. Uh, been- yeah. Yeah. You know, having this happen, like having getting to read this after thirteen, mm-hmm. really is a uh, you know, you know, I I have faith in Wagner because again, like I said, I love Necropolis and I've read it for many times. But if you were just going like you know, reading along with what we're talking about, you'd finish volume thirteen and be like, you know, well, it kind of you know ticked up at the end, but right, you know, I'm sure you know, I'm not sure Wagner knows where he's going. And you finish Dead Man, you're like, oh, he fucking knows where he's going. Right, right. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Very much uh, so. It is. It's, it's, it's really exciting. It's very exciting 
even now, even knowing the twist, it's still exciting to read this and go, he was, he really was, you know, at a peak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or kind of that thing of, you know, when you, uh, when you're like, when you're out of ideas and you need to, you just feel like you don't have any inspiration, but, and you just have to keep slugging away and then you get to that plateau where all of a sudden you get your second wind and everything starts coming together again. This yeah. is this, this and th- this is almost like that weird superhero version of that where it's like you just about like reading 13 I'm like man the flames have just about gone out altogether and then this comes back and it's just it's just rocket fuel you know and I feel like there have been other volumes of the case files where it kind of either starts strong and then kind of, eh, and then picks up a little bit, or it's just like, there's like with, with the volume with Oz in it, where I was like, okay, this is just going to be a chore and I'm never going to get through this. And then Oz kicks in and suddenly, you know, I'm sort of squeezed out the other side being like, oh my God, what was that? That was fantastic. And this is that sort of feeling squared, you know? So it's in and in part because there's all the pieces that have been coming together about dread and dread becoming lost and losing like what's great is you know uh Wagner tells you that story of after he loses you know he's got the setup of dread's going to lose it's going to be coming and he's been sort of crying wolf for a while. And then this other strip turns up and is like, ta-da, he's already lost. And you didn't even know. You didn't even know it was him that you were looking at. And it's Yeah, just... the, this this character who's been like kind of badass, but also kind of pitiful. Yeah. It's Dread. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. really fun. Okay, so here's my question because I know you have read uh part of volume 14 right was that just because like you're right i'm in the moods or was it that you get to the end of this and you're like i have to fucking know what happens there well yeah basically i'm just like holy shit kind of how can i not go on i had a little bit of time and the fact that it really does just move so quickly from like uh you know because it's like you've discovered that the dead man is dread and there's a flashback, and at the end of the flashback, you know, um, you know, Kraken is reporting for duty, you know, as to, and it's just like, oof, um, you know. I, I, there's also the part of, well, let me see, where is it? So, um, yeah, just it's it's literally the fallout from him reading that letter, and then him being like, that's it, I. You know, I'm kind of, you know, he's he's he hasn't quit, but it cuts to a scene of them being like, oh, yeah, there's an increasing negative trend with dread. We're going to have to we're going to have to have him keep a presence on the streets, even though, you know, we can't afford to lose him, essentially. And then, you know, and then Kraken shows up and it's kind of like, OK, so Kraken, you know, how can you not read from there to there? Because you're still like that would be a strong enough hook on its own without dead man in there. But then dead man, yeah. you're like, 
how do you even get from there to there to there? You know what I mean? Like it's such a, um, it's the, the, the fact that the very next part of the story again, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the mystery box. It does remind me. And it's a shame that that show suffered so badly as it went on that it, it doesn't, this is not going to sound like the compliment that is genuinely meant as, but like that first season or two of lost when things were popping and it was kind of like, Oh, behind each mystery was, you know, each question that got answered actually made you ask three or four more questions. You know, no, there was, there was a point where like lost every time they quote unquote answers. Like, do you not remember when the hatch first appeared? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I kind of understand some stuff, but also what the fuck? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so this really did have that of like, okay, how does, how does dread, you know, dreads the dead man. And we know it has something to do with, you know, the sisters of death. You don't expect to see Kraken show up at the end of that first tie together. You know what I mean? Like, it's still like. You don't. That's really interesting because I had half work like i'd worked out half of the trick by that point Mm, interesting okay yeah no Uh, i I, yeah yeah right no i mean in a way i sort of like uh i did have a little bit of the oh dread goes on the long walk and then the city falls into ruin because of this maybe but you know and it goes on the long walk because of something that happens with kraken sorta you know but at the same time i'm just there's a lot that's like getting from here to there and, and, and in a weird way, like, like, okay, dead man's dread, but this ties into letter to judge dread. Like really? And you know, I, I, it's, it's true. I can see your point about like, oh yeah, like, no, this, this all, this all comes together. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. Again, I was just like, but how, like, I don't think that I was expecting to see, what I saw. So well, the other thing is also, how do you get back to dread after this? Right. No, you know, which is a like, big I remember, question. yeah. And you, this, this is more the case, like in the middle of necropolis, I remember being like, how do you restore everything? Right. <laughs> and you know, Wagner kind of cheats by leaving the strip. Well, up. exactly. Which but, makes sense. Yeah. But there is an element of like, you know, he is, like I said before, like kind of breaking dread and kind of breaking the strip, which in itself is really exciting to see. Well, yes. And I will be curious to see where this goes, where Necropolis goes, because there is a way in which. Yeah, I, I it's it's I would be curious to see how, you know, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a reset button per se. You know, but I'll have to read and see where we get where we go. Yeah, it's it's just I think I'm really excited for for the next episode because yes. I love Necropolis. I just love Necropolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very much, um, you know, it's it's just such a great mega epic. And seeing Wagner tie together Dead Man, Kraken, Judge Death, which you know. Even in if you include Dead Man, like the judge death of it all seems kind of out of nowhere yeah. as well, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like you know, how does this all connect? And then there's you know, 
it's not spoiling anything to say that Giant plays a role in mm. Necropolis. Mm. But there are other characters who play a role in Necropolis who will be genuinely a surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is just... And, and also the fact that Necropolis is entirely, for its 26 parts, painted by Iskera. Oh, God. Mm. Like, really helps as well. Yeah. And like any anytime you have a mega epic drawn by one person, it helps. Yes. When it's Iskera and he's doing watercolors for the whole thing. Good Lord. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I, I think that if I had had more time, you know, I feel like as always, you know, this is, this, this is, you know, the drocks are always supposed to be this, uh, you know, you step in like, this will be a brisk jaunt. And I'm always like, oh, look, what's over here? What's happening over there? But I look forward to Necropolis and seeing the coloring job because the colors on Ascara's stories in volume in Case File 13 were crazy, I thought. Yes. You know? Yes. So imagine that for a Judge Death story for 26 weeks. In That's just mind-boggling. That is yeah, just It's so great. And I have to be, you know, we've talked about Case Files 13 being weak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to, I really am going to shut up after this because we're over two hours. <laughs> but I wonder if part of the reason it feels like filler is because it's filler. Mm-hmm. Because Iskara needed time to paint twenty six episodes in a row. Mm. Actually, he does some of the prologues as well. Mm-hmm. I want to say Iskara maybe does like thirty weeks in a row. Wow! Uh, so, you know, he clearly needed time mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it feels like filler because a there are playing for time and b Wagner is writing two dreads a week right. in order to, to give Iskara time to do it. Oof! Yeah, no, there, there's there's a there's so much that. Once you see Dead Man snap into place and you're kind of like, oh, right, Wagner was like, you know, you can't turn around and just have something like Dead Man happen without a lot of planning beforehand, you know, and particular, particularly with that level of art. And then to lead into that, like this is one of those things where I can understand uh 2000 AD fanatics just like, you know, pouring through. Because I was. I was like, how did they pull this off? You know? Like, is there a podcast where, you know, they interview the editor and Wagner and Ridgeway and and Escara? Like, like the behind the scenes just becomes fascinating. Because there is right. a little and, bit and of, yeah. There, it is. It's, it's just shocking <laughs> yeah 13 is a lot more for, uh, uh, f- you forgive 13 so much more after dead man like you said in part because of that idea of like oh right like maybe this is like there's a lot of reasons for wagner to not necessarily be on his game because of what he's got in the works and like you said it sort of makes sense that you know you have something like six or seven Alan Grant stories in a row. Like, you know, like people, people behind the scenes must've been very busy, you know? So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's just, there's just, yeah, it's, it's, um, it makes for a weird episode. I think that 13 is so uneven and then tales, uh, then dead man is just like fucking amazing. Like genuinely amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, it also makes for a better episode, I think. Oh God, yes. No, 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 no. It like, would have been sad. I think we would have been. Yeah, I think we would have been genuinely disinherited right. if we'd only gone through 
13. Right. So, so yes. So 13, I don't think we, either of us would really be that like upset if you skipped. Although really at least read, try and find a letter to judge red from it. Yeah. Or even in the bath uh, or, you know what I mean? I think I, yeah, think, no, no, there are, there yeah. are high points. Mm-hmm. There really are. Yeah. But I'm you know, overall, I think it's not the end of the world if you skip it, but Dead Man. One of the things that's really upsetting about Dead Man is it's not in a case files. And I understand why not. It's not a dread trip. Yes. But I mean, it's fucking part of the story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I one of the things that I think is great. One thing I really have to give uh, Rebellion in 2000 AD a lot of credit is it does not in the external materials tip its hand. Uh you know, about yeah. what it is, which is also super great. I appreciate that they do. You, They're you, not like tie into Necropolis. Right, right. But on the other hand, once you separate these things out in certain ways, you're almost like, you know, and again, the the anthology nature of 2000 AD means that that strip is sitting right next to Judge Dredd the whole time. And once it's all separated out into and I other wanna, volumes, I say it's like literally running immediately after the dread strip in each issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because for a while, it was uh, they had three strips in color and two in black and white, mm-hmm. and it was color strip, which was always dread as the first strip in the issue. Uh huh. Black and white strip, color strip, black and white strip, color strip. That makes sense, right? And I won't say it was always dread, dead man, and then whatever the color in black and white, and it, you know the middle one i think was the um uh dave gibbons and will simpson's rogue trooper reboot mm. was in there for a while and then it was zenith and then i can't remember what the other color strip would have been mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it's it was like it was right there it was right there the entire time <laughs> how great how great is that yeah just oof Jeff, let's wrap it up. Let's let's do the part where I say that there will be show notes for this episode up at some point on Monday. Like dot dot dot. It, it's going to be Monday. Let's just let's just leave it somewhere <laughs> like that. Uh, at waitwhatpodcast.com, there is also a Tumblr, waitwhatpod.tumblr.com, that I am uh, updating intermittently when I'm not being overwhelmed by work and or the end of the world. There is an Instagram, which I have not updated in ages, and I'm very sorry because lots more people have followed it. Thank you, everyone who's followed it. Yeah. Uh, that's instagram.com forward slash waitwhatpod. I'll really try and do some more there soon because a lot of you have started following it now. I'm, my heart grew three sizes because I was complaining about that last time. Um... There's a Twitter at Wait What Podcast. Jeff has a Twitter at Lazy Bastard at L A Z Y B A S T I D. He changes the name of his Twitter all, all the time, but he never changes Lazy Bastard because he knows that I would then have to like look and see what it's called and learn how to spell it, and that would be really bad. That'd be bad. I, it would be bad. Yeah. At M M is me. I'm at G R A E M E M, and Drock exists because you lovely, beautiful people are Patreon supporters. Yes. Jeff, tell people about Patreon. I will. Uh, Listeners, you guys managed to really keep us going uh, in so many ways. Um, Keep us motivated. Keep us uh, energized. Even when, boy, oh boy, there's times in the world that just getting, keeping going every day takes all the, takes all the energy and then some. Um, 
I, 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 I realized like, oh, right. There's one little piece that I'm not queued up on. But let me tell you, um, guys, I also hugely appreciate the support of the people on Patreon. If you're enjoying Drock, and I really hope you are, um, and I know how much of that is due to Graham. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, that is directly a direct, that is directly a direct result. That is a direct result of the support of people on Patreon who, uh, in hitting one of our little stretch goals or whatever the hell we were calling them at the time, um, we did an extra podcast, the Baxter Building, our 50-episode read-through of the first 416 issues of the Fantastic Four, fully available to you all now and a direct result of the patrons being like, yes, We'll give you some dosh to see if you can actually step up your game. And similarly, Drock, our monthly read-through, a uh, super, super great um, uh, and a, a direct response to you guys being super, super great. Uh, one thing I did want to mention is I want to give a special shout-out to, uh, before I get to my special shout-outs, to... Uh, Mike Mulcher and the the people at 2000 AD, um, people who follow us on Patreon, um, you know that I started up the Wait What Comic Book Club, uh, where on our skip months, I gave out free comics that are usually comics in the public domain. This week, I missed our skip week deadline to put up new comics because I'm trying to piece together a super long public domain a comic book um, comprising the adventures of a certain um, big red cheese, I guess. But in the course of missing that, um, while the rest of the world is going crazy and being forced to stay at home, the people at 2000 AD put up Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, Volume 5 for free download, which was just an amazingly great thing for them to do because it's the entire Apocalypse War among other things. So it's one of, it's not just, if they put volume 13 out, you know, as a free case file for people to download and read, I can kind of see it because it's kind of like, eh, sure, this stuff's not going to go anywhere for the most part, you know, as opposed to, holy shit, the Apocalypse War. But holy shit, the Apocalypse War for free. Anyway, all of which is to say, thanks Thank you. Thank you very much, Mike Mulcher. I wrote you and asked you if you wouldn't mind me distributing uh, the Judge Dredd Volume 5 file to our patrons uh, through the Wait What Comic Book Club. And you guys were like, sure, just remember to mention that um, to, you know, go check out the shop at 2000 AD and pick up other fine things. So I appreciate everyone throwing us their hard earned dosh. Members of Patreon, I hope that you saw that I got you the uh, case five, the volume five case files free for you reading. It kind of sucks to mention it on a drop because hopefully that means you already picked it up and read it way back when. But if not, if you're just listening to Graham and I talk about Judge Dredd being like, oh, gosh, sounds like fun. Maybe I'll read these someday, but only if they're for free. Good news. <laughs> you can. And also chances are you will then spend money on them because you'll be like well that was really good yes so and you should go to shop.2000ad.com and pick up some other stuff but uh you know honestly that's 
500 pages of, or 400 pages of free comics that, that you can check out and are great. Other things that are great, Domin Dominic L. Franco is great. And Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, were uh, super grateful for their continuing support of this podcast. Uh, Empress Audrey also does some extra duty, making sure that the galaxy itself stays alright in its firmament. Um, and uh, a, a few weeks ago, I would have said that that wouldn't prove to be any more challenging, give or take, than at any other time. But after the week we've been through, for all we know, we will need her superpowers and intergalactic kindness more uh, than ever in the weeks to come. It, it's true. It's been, uh, I think it's fair to say, like, everyone has had a, a rough week. And I suspect, you know, not to be too grim, everyone's going to have a rough few weeks to come. Yes. Uh, Jeff and I have both, with a certain amount of Cal's humor, been calling it the end of the world to each other. Yes. Um, but no, it has. It, it's been, it has been uh, a weird and, and difficult time. And so for everyone out there, because people did tweet at us that, you know, they hoped we'd be doing a podcast last week and we weren't because... Yeah. It was a skip weekend. I'm really sorry, but we like I I Jeff. I don't know about you, but like I it's, I feel like you know, our it's kind of important that we keep doing podcasts. Yes, while the world is ending. Yes, um, yeah. Even if it's just to give people some distraction for two hours while getting really annoyed at us having opinions about Judge Dredd. <laughs> uh, anyway, long story short, uh, things are absolutely fucking insane right now. And hopefully all of you are dealing with it uh, the best you can. Right. But if you're having a hard time, just remember, Drock, you're under arrest, citizen. Report to the Isocubes, and we'll see you in a month. <laughs>